Would you pray with me? <coughs> Gracious and loving God, as we approach this, this scripture this morning, Lord, I ask that you put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. Lord, if, and if I misspeak this morning, forgive me. Let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If you want to join me in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 through 16, that's where we'll be. Hebrews 13, 15 and 16. So this sermon, I'm a, I'm, I'm a week late because of last week, but the sermon goes along with the sermon we had a couple weeks ago uh, about the Christian life and how we can live into that. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. was a member of the U.S. Supreme Court for 30 years. And at one point in his life, Justice Holmes explained his choice of career by saying, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. So where's the joy? Where is the always rejoicing in the Lord? Where is always giving praise and joy in our hearts for the great things that he has done? Hebrews 13, verses 15 through 16. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. So I call today's message, Praise. And as the writer comes to the close of Hebrews, he turns to practical things. He outlines five essential qualities of the Christian life. There is brotherly love and hospitality and sympathy for those in trouble, and purity, and contentment. The writer also tells that a real leader is one who preaches Christ and brings others to Him. One who lives in the faith and brings Christ to others. And one who leaves to those who come after two things. An example and an inspiration. And that's the kind of leaders we need in the church. One who leaves an example and an inspiration. The writer tells that it is in the nature of all things that earthly leaders are going to move along. They're going to they're serve for a time and then they're going to die. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus is permanent. And a real leader is one who is led only by Jesus Christ. Hebrews says that in our Christian life, we can offer certain things. We can offer continual praise and thanks to God. That's kind of what I talk to the kids about. Even in the good times and the bad times, we can offer praise. Some believe that a thank offering was more acceptable to God than a sin offering. Because a sin offering, uh, you're getting something in return. You're offering something for something in return. Whereas a thank offering is an unconditional offering uh, from a grateful heart. We can also offer public confession of our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. That's an offering of loyalty. The Christian can always offer to God a life that is never ashamed to show whose it is and to whom it serves. 
We can offer deeds of kindness to our neighbor. Jesus himself said in Matthew 25, and we all know this verse, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The best of all sacrifices to bring to God are the sacrifices of taking care of his children in need. You know, folks, so often I come and I share the good news with you, and, and I earnestly believe that, that this is the news that God intends for us to hear today. But I usually fail to share what's going on with me and how I came to this sermon or this topic. Honesty's best, right? Everybody believe honesty's best? All right, I'm going to be honest. Friends, I've been angry. I have been so mad for a while. This has been a tough year, so we had the pastoral change, right? We, we transitioned to Decatur. Uh, that's always tough. It's always tough. Uh, there have been issues with family and friends. Um, the state of the United Methodist Church has everyone a little bit edgy these days. But before you start to worry, I'm not preaching about that today. That's not what I'm talking about. But I've allowed myself to be consumed by it all. On some days, I forget what my focus should be. I'm drawn into arguments. I have become petty. I have let the words and the actions of others dictate my attitude and my actions. It's been pointed out to me on more than one occasion that I seem to have lost my joy. It's not good for a preacher to lose their joy. But it is good for me to be honest. At any given time, I can feel mad or overwhelmed or sad or disengaged. I can even feel hopeless, but I have a hard time finding joy. I don't like the way things are. I don't like controversy. I don't enjoy people bickering. I don't enjoy people being in a place where they feel like they need to leave or they feel like somebody else needs to leave. And it comes down to how can I give praise when I feel this way? So the reason I'm being honest today is I, my guess is some of you feel the same way. These are hard times. COVID just knocked our feet out from under us. We are reminded in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul tells us a great quality of the Christian life is joy. He was lying in prison and facing death, but Paul says, I know what I'm saying, and I've thought about every possible scenario. So I say rejoice, and again I say rejoice. And that stuck with me this week. Christian joy is independent of all these things on earth, 
Because it has its source and its continual presence in Jesus Christ. And we can never lose our true joy because we're never away from Jesus Christ. I think that's what we're missing. We allow the woes and the worries of the world to get in the way, to steal our joy. We forget the good things that God has given us and is giving us. The daily blessings that we are surrounded by. Creation and family and children. Music. Paul stresses that we can take everything to God in prayer. As it has been said, there is nothing too great for God's power and nothing too small for His fatherly care. We can bring our prayers and our requests to God. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for forgiveness for the past, for the things that we need in the present, and for help and guidance in the future. We can pray for others. Paul also tells us that thanksgiving must accompany prayer. The Christian must feel that in all of our lives that we are somehow suspended between past blessings and present blessings. That there are more blessings on the way. Every prayer must include thanks for the great privilege of prayer itself. We must give thanks in everything and in sorrows and joys alike. This implies gratitude and perfect submission to the will of God. I think that's where I failed. And it is only when we are fully convinced that God is working all things together for the good that we can really feel to Him perfect gratitude. And that's where I failed too. That Romans 8, 28 always gets me. In our praise, we, we want to remember three things. We must remember the love of God, which desires only the best for us. We must remember the wisdom of God, which, allows, which alone knows knows only what's best for us. And we must remember the power of God, which alone can bring to pass that which is best for us. He who prays with a perfect trust in the love and the wisdom and the power of God will find God's peace and God's joy. The result of believing prayer and singing praises is that the peace of God will stand in our hearts. That peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the peace of God is such a mystery that our minds can't fathom it. Although sometimes it is. But instead it means that the peace of God is so precious that our mind with all of its intelligence, with all of its knowledge, can never produce it on its own. It is only of God's giving. Our continuous gratitude in all things, even the hard things, will yield us the joy that we desire and the joy that God desires for us. And then when we experience this joy, we are better able to face the challenges of life. These things that I named before that, that have been bugging me. When we experience this joy, we are better able to face the challenges of life. The hard times with our families and friends. The hard days at work, because there are hard days at work. It can be helping us face the loss of a loved one or the test results that we've dreaded for so long. And that joy can return us to thoughts of better things. And it says in that scripture, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, 
And if there's any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's where our joy comes from. Offer praise, friends, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.